You're listening to the Metamorphosis Podcast. What's up, girlfriend? Welcome to Metamorphosis with Mackenzie, where transformation and inspiration meets empowerment. Delve into the realms of science, spirituality, and personal growth as I share tools, powerful hacks, and captivating stories from my travels and experiences all around the world. Not only am I going to have you fully entertained, but as a self-love and glow-up coach, I'm going to have you on your way to your hottest, happiest, healthiest, and most successful self before you even know it. So sit back and enjoy or pop those AirPods in and get your hot girl walk on. Let's dive into it. What's up, everybody? Happy day to you. I am... What am I feeling? I need to like pause for a second. I feel so content and authentic bringing you this message today because this has been something that has been a process that I'm going through over the last three, four months or so. And that is creating change. Okay. And I want you guys to imagine, you know, maybe an old ex-boyfriend that you had or an old relationship where you were in and you know, you really love your partner very much, but maybe there's just certain little things about them that you're just like, damn, this shit drives me up the motherfucking wall. I'm talking about the guy who opens the cabinets in the kitchen, but doesn't close them or throws his laundry next to the hamper, but not in the hamper. Or I don't know, doesn't wipe the kitchen counter or leaves like tons of crumbs and things like that. And what happens with those things is that they will continue to build and build and build and build until you can no longer take it anymore. And something has to change or you have to say something or you have to make some sort of adjustment and put attention on the situation. That's how you're going to start feeling about yourself when it's time for change. And I think that it's simply just because your higher self knows better. She's on the other side being like, bitch, what are you doing? We know that these actions don't fit us anymore. We know that these things don't serve our highest good anymore. So why are we still doing them? Why are we still moving this when we know that we want different? Your highest self is looking at you and she's like, girl, I'm getting the fucking ick. I'm getting the ick from the way you sit and you scroll on TikTok instead of going to the gym. I'm getting real sick of the way that you hit your snooze button five times in the morning and then have to rush and be hectic and start your day off really frustrated. There are certain behaviors that as you grow and as you adjust and as you evolve, they no longer serve you. And sometimes simple tweaks, simple adjustments, the key to the next stage. Massive changes don't come from making massive change. You know what comes from making massive change in your life? False starts. Okay. If you're trying to go really big and changing something about yourself or changing the way you show up in your reality, you have to go with small, consistent actions because those are going to be what makes the massive change overall, right? Like if you're rolling a snowball, I don't even have to go into this. You guys understand what compounding looks like. And you also understand that, you know, if you have this big lofty goal and you make it so huge and like, (laughs) I'm just, I'm imagining my old self because I used to do this to myself all the time. I would make a planned out schedule for myself. I'd be like, I'm waking up at 6 a.m. and then I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And I have it all like time blocked out, right? And I would be so lit for it. And I would give myself about like two, three days to be patient with myself, just try to do as much as I could, try to hit as many of the goals as I could. And then I'd be like, all right, now it's time to be like fully in this, right? 
and that never lasted. That never lasted. I always ended up giving up. I always ended up just like falling back into the same routine, the same habits and the same patterns and my old defaults. Okay. Because change is not easy. Change is not something that our brains enjoy doing. Your brain loves familiarity. It loves comfort. It loves simplicity. It loves to zone out and do as little work as possible and conserve energy. So of course it's going to go back to its default programming when it's tired, when it's giving up, when it doesn't want to do anything. All right. And the moment that matters most is your decision to say no fuck the default. It's not serving me anymore. It's not who I want to be. It's not bringing me to where I want to be. It's time for change. And the way you handle this moment says a lot about who you are. And if you're somebody who has the balls and the level of self-respect and self-love to actually take on the challenge of making those changes, two things are most important. Okay. One, the slingshot effect, which I'm going to completely dive into. And then also to understanding how we can create that change in a sustainable and very manageable way. Because again, our brain doesn't want to work harder. We don't want to work harder. I don't want to work harder ever. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're like, yes, sign me up for more harder work. I want to fucking do it. Um, Good for you, but you're going to need to go elsewhere because I'm all about living in simplicity with ease and as much flow as possible. Okay. I am not in my masculine energy. I am in my soft girl era attracting energy. And I'm going to help you guys understand how to do that as well so that you don't have to be busting your back or forcing yourself to show up for these things that you really truly are just not meant to be doing or overexerting yourself with. Okay. It's not sustainable. And we'll go into that. But first, what I want to do is talk a little bit about this slingshot. So again, when we find ourselves in this situation, we realizing that you're not where you want to be, realizing that you're not who you want to be, getting sick of your shit, ready for change, might also experience a bit of resistance or maybe a lot of resistance to the changes that we want to make, okay? And I like to think about this as a slingshot um, because I think it's just a really good visual to represent exactly what it is we're talking about. And we're going to dive into a little bit of attachment theory which I use heavily in my coaching because it's so relevant anytime we are doing anything in the world. Um, But I'm going to dive into that to help you kind of understand where some of that resistance is coming from. Because when you have more knowledge and more information to see why things are happening the way they are, why you are feeling the way that you are, why things work the way they do, you have so much more power to work with. So let's dive into the slingshot analogy, okay? I want you guys to imagine that you have got a big, thick, uh, suspended rubber band. What the fuck are those things? I'm just going to call it a band. I want you to imagine that you've got this thick rubber band wrapped around your waist, okay? And it's connected to the the slingshot. You are like the ping pong ball or the stone in that slingshot. And I want you to imagine you're facing away from where you're going, okay? And you've got this thick ass band around you and you can feel the tension. But where the resistance comes in is you're still holding on for dear motherfucking life to the familiar, okay? I want you to imagine that there is, you guys ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean? I don't remember which movie it is, but they're in those like ball cages and they're being suspended above the water or something like that from some sort of indigenous tribe or whatever is going on. 
And they're swinging back and forth in these balls. And then boom, they like swing enough to grab onto the wall. Okay. This is what I'm picturing. I'm imagining you in this slingshot and you're hanging onto that wall for dear motherfucking life because you don't want to be slung. Again, your brain really, truly loves comfort. All right. So as much as you desire this change, your body on a very biological level and on a very physical level, we are clinging to the things that are holding us back. And anytime we are clinging, there's going to be two different reasons. Okay. And this is where we're going to dive into attachment theory real fast, because I don't want to go too far into this. I think it deserves its own episode, to be honest. However, if you are somebody who is codependent or has an anxious attachment style, you're someone who thinks that you need to have other people, other things, other places, other situations to feel protected and provided for to feel safe. Anxious people are depending on others. Avoidant people are depending on themselves because they don't know how to trust others or because they don't know how to be provided for or taken care of. All right. So if we're back in this slingshot and you're an anxious person, you're going to be clinging on to all of the things in your life that are four out of 10, five out of 10, six out of 10, seven out of 10, anything lower than 10 out of 10, because you think that you truly will die without it or that life will cease to exist if you don't have the control or if you don't have the exact thing that you need. Okay. Let's say you have a boyfriend. We'll use a boyfriend for this example. I think it's perfect. You might be in this relationship with this boy and you might know that you really love him, but you might also know that this person's probably just not it. You're holding on to a six out of 10 because you don't want to be alone. If you are somebody who is avoidant, you're going to be clinging on for dear life to your independence, to your freedom, because you're so afraid that this boyfriend's going to come in and he's going to want to control you. He's going to want to... Um, dictate the way you're living your life, the way you express yourself, the way you do certain things. Like you don't want someone to get too close to the point where like they have the potential to hurt you or let you down. You'd rather just do things by yourself, even if it costs you having to see the man of your dreams walk away. Okay. So again, regardless of why you're stuck in this slingshot, whether you're clinging on to things that are familiar because you don't want to let go or you're clinging on to things within yourself or your freedom because you don't want to let go. All of this is a false self-perceived situation. That's why it's so important, you guys, in the very first step of my Glow Up program to have a secure attachment within yourself. Until you can neutralize yourself, a lot of these attachment styles or attachment theory things are going to get in the way of you letting go to propel forward or to have this glow up or to make the changes that you know you want to make. So if you are feeling like you're ready for change, but you've been putting it off. You've been telling yourself that, you know, maybe things just aren't that bad or like, you're just like, you're really living for the high moments and just kind of like distracting yourself or numbing yourself through the bad ones. This is your sign to stop. This is your sign to know that that is just simply a false perceived fear coming from your desire to survive and to live. Okay. Let's let that go. We know in our rational world nowadays, again, evolutionarily speaking, we've evolved so much to the point where now we know having a boyfriend isn't going to kill us. Letting go and breaking up with a boyfriend isn't going to kill us. Applying for the job that you feel underqualified for isn't going to kill us. Not getting that job isn't going to kill us and getting that job isn't going to kill us. So I need you to understand or look into your attachment theory 
with the outcome that you want to have or within yourself in general, because that's going to help you understand how you can ease into this transition and how you can just fully surrender. Okay. And if you're somebody who's anxious, all you have to do is start learning to depend on yourself and start learning to trust yourself, provide for yourself. You need to start focusing a little bit more on your independence and letting other people's opinions and support kind of just take a back seat for a little bit. All right. And it's going to be hard. I know it. I know it. I was a living definition of codependency. I didn't know how to depend on me. So I forced myself into a situation where that was the only thing that I could depend on. All right. And I'm not saying you have to be so extreme and do things like that. There are other ways to do it. My clients are incredibly successful and none of them are taking off to tour the world for nine months by themselves. Okay. If you are avoidant, you just need to show yourself that you're not going to die leaning on other people or accepting help or accepting the change or the opportunities that you know you truly want and you truly deserve. So you just need to kind of like take baby steps or dip your toes in the water of having help or having support or having, you know, if again, if we're using the boyfriend example, you just need to go out on a couple of dates. Okay. If the thought of having a man in your life or having a boyfriend is really scary, go on a couple of dates, take it slowly. Maybe the first time you're just talking, maybe the second time you have some sort of physical connection. Maybe you're hugging, maybe you kiss, maybe you touch hands. Okay. For someone who's avoidant, that's going to scare the living fuck out of them because they feel like somebody's getting close. All right. And they might pull away a little bit. So again, we see these dynamics happening a lot in relationships, which is why it's so easy to use that as an example. But the same thing is happening here with our goals, with our dreams, with our higher self and the things that we know we want to create in the world. You have to understand that this is going to be a process. It's going to be incredibly fucking uncomfortable, just like it would be to be flying through midair, being shot from a slingshot, right? Before you know where you're hitting your destination, before you know where you're going to end up, before you even know what, what is what. Understand that there's going to be discomfort. Understand that there's going to be things that are unfamiliar. Understand that you're probably going to be pushed out of your comfort zone and it's not going to be easy, okay? You have to be the person who's really willing to go all out and say, I'm willing to be uncomfortable to make this change. I understand that this is a process and I'm committed to mastering it. I know this isn't easy, but I know I deserve it. Okay. That's the mindset we're going into this with. Then next thing, and this is probably one of the most helpful things in this podcast, you guys, is understanding your habit wheel. Because essentially all the actions that you're sick of doing are happening because there is a trigger that brings about that action. And then that action brings about a reaction. And a lot of the times, if you study the habit wheel, I think that it, it's typically called trigger, then action, then reward. Um, and I don't like to use the word reward because from psychology, like on a very scholastic level, the word reward is not the most proper term. I think it's a very colloquial term for what we're talking about. And so I prefer to use the word reaction, right? For every action, there is a reaction. It could be positive. It could be negative. Um, but regardless, like we're going through that loop. So we've got our trigger that's triggering the action. It's bringing it about. It's like making us want to go do it. Then there's the action where we do it. And again, these are things that we probably don't want to be doing anymore. If you're listening to this and you're feeling like you're ready for change, right? Then comes the action that we don't necessarily want to be engaging in anymore. And then the response or the reaction 
is whatever it is. Okay. There might be an initial moment of satisfaction, like a dopamine hit, but then long-term you're probably still really dissatisfied because again, this is something that you're sick of seeing yourself go through. You're sick of doing. So there are two ways that we can tweak and adjust and create new habits using this habit wheel. And the first way is going to be creating new triggers. Okay. So let's just, let's just set up an example here. Um, one thing that I'm really fucking sick of myself for doing is scrolling on TikTok. I was an anti-TikTok person for so fucking long. And then I got onto TikTok and I spend so much time by myself now that sometimes when I get bored or I'm like absentmindedly doing things, I'll go on and TikTok, you guys, I used to get stuck on it for fucking hours. When I first got TikTok, I would be, I'd open it up for like maybe just to check a couple things and then I'd be stuck for hours. Okay. So maybe what's the trigger of that? The trigger of that action could be boredom. All right. It could be literally absent-minded boredom where I'm just on my phone. I pick it up and I'm absent-mindedly going to the app. I'm opening it up. And before I even know what's going on, like all this music and these videos and things like that are being blared into my face. So that is the trigger, boredom. The action that is opening up the app, consuming the information, and then closing it out, okay? And now what's the actual reaction from that action? Well, I might have gotten the immediate dopamine hit and entertainment and happiness from whatever it is I consumed. Hopefully I'm happy feeling like that. Um, Otherwise I might've consumed something really like not beneficial and it might have like fucked up my mood and there was no reward. Um, but typically you guys, it's it's a it's a dopamine hit. We're typically going for dopamine hits. Your body likes to have um that satisfaction or that reward in the immediate over the long term. So you're battling your mind here for what it is you want in this instant as well as what you want long term. In this instant, I might want to be entertained by TikTok. Long term I know that TikTok is not helping me grow as a person. I know it's not helping me grow my business. I know consuming on TikTok is not helping me grow as a person. It's not helping me grow my business. It's not putting in the reps at the gym for me. It's not doing the things that I know I want. So then the reward or the reaction then is a little bit of that dopamine hit, but then likely a lot of dissatisfaction. And for me, it could be negative self-talk. It could be, oh, I just wasted this much time on TikTok and now, and now I don't have this done. And now I'm just like a lazy piece of shit because I didn't actually accomplish all the things that I wanted to do. And because of that, I'm worthless. May as well give up on everything and just sit and scroll on TikTok, right? Like that's really dramatic, but that's a great example. This could be skipping the gym. This could be over-apologizing. Oh my God, that's a really good one. I'm going to go into that after we go through here, okay? Because that's going to be a good way of me adjusting this. So like I said, we can, we can set new triggers. So one way to change your action is to change your triggers. So if you know that boredom is triggering you to go into your phone and scroll on Instagram, TikTok, whatever the fuck it is. All right. Now it's going to be inevitable. You're always going to have boredom at some point. Um, so I think keeping busy is really awesome, but Maybe where you have your TikTok app is now where you're going to put the Duolingo app and you're going to learn Spanish or you're going to learn Russian or you're going to learn whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe you're going to put your Pinterest app there so that you can still scroll and still be entertained, but the feed is a little bit different. Like it's curated more. You guys, I'm not going to lie. If I'm scrolling on anything nowadays, 
it's Pinterest because I'm able to create my mood board. I'm able to control more so of what I see. And so boom, and the new action is going to breed a new reaction. And you might not have the same amount of satisfaction immediately, but long-term it's supporting the things that you want, which means that you just have to continue to go with it long enough until you start to not actually care about that thing that you were missing before. The other way that you can change your habit loop or adjust these things is to do it backwards. So creating a different reaction for the action that you're taking. And so maybe like, I love this example, you guys, because I used to be a heavy people pleaser. I used to over apologize. I'm also from the Midwest. Like I grew up where everybody's like, oh, sorry, excuse me. Like, oh, sorry, just coming through. Like everybody's always apologizing for everything. People are constantly saying, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. And it's funny because in Wisconsin it is, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, oh. (laughs) It's so funny. Things that I grew up with and used to be so normal to me. Now, when I go back and I visit Wisconsin, I immediately hear Wisconsin accents, but I used to over apologize constantly because it was just how I was conditioned. And so the way that I broke this habit, because I, let me just go into this really quick. I listened to a podcast or I read a book or I heard something from someone that I really admire. And this person said to stop apologizing because when you're over apologizing, what you're doing is one, you're wearing down the meaning of the actual word, because if you're not actually sorry for something, again, we're diluting the power of the apology. Okay. So when you bump into somebody in the grocery store and you say, sorry, or you have to, you know, walk in front of somebody to grab the mustard off the aisle and you're like, oh, sorry. Are you actually sorry? Like, are you actually sorry? Did you do anything wrong for you to actually need to be sorry? No, (laughs) no. If you are in the wrong, you guys own it and apologize. I think apologies can be a very powerful thing. However, they become less powerful when we overuse it and we use it in an incorrect way. So there's number one. Also two, apologizing unnecessarily diminishes your power. It quite literally puts the person that you're apologizing to above you energetically. So again, you walking in the aisle at the grocery store, needing to cut in front of somebody to grab the mustard, you're assuming that the person you're apologizing to has more of a right to be where they are. They have more power to be where they are and that you don't belong there. And that's not true. Again, not fucking true. So let's stop over apologizing. All right. If you are somebody who is an over apologizer, this is about to change your life. And this is how I got out of over apologizing. And I actually, I used to do this back when I was um, coaching in my trading markets. And I taught this to a few of my students and they all like blew up. They love this. Okay. So we're changing the reaction. Again, there's trigger, action, reaction. Trigger is some sort of inconvenience that you feel like you're causing somebody or whatever it is. Like something happens and you feel like you need to apologize. So the trigger that happens the action is you apologizing. Now the reaction, we want to make this something that's not pleasurable. We want to make this something that is uncomfortable for us to do so that we don't continue to do it. We want to make it something that's like not a reward, but actually kind of a punishment. Okay. So the new reaction is going to be something that's like really discomforting for us because we don't want to continue to do it. So what I started doing 
is every single time I caught myself apologizing unnecessarily, I had to immediately follow it up with not sorry. So yeah, we have a Demi Lovato moment happening all over the place. I'm like, oh, sorry. Oh, not sorry. That's literally what I made myself do. And you know how embarrassing that is to do? When you're talking to somebody and you apologize for something and you have to say to them, oh, never mind, not sorry. That's uncomfortable. That's really fucking awkward. You know how fast I cut that habit of over-apologizing? So motherfucking fast because it only took a handful of times for me to be like, oh, sorry, not sorry, and be uncomfortable or embarrassed by what I had to say or what I had to do to my brain then being like, yep, nope, we're just disengaging in that. We're not doing that anymore. That's really uncomfortable. And that's how I beat it. Okay. I changed my reaction. I made it a negative thing instead of a positive thing. Because when I was apologizing before unnecessarily, I thought it made me a good person. I thought it made me a better person. I thought it made me a really nice person. Okay. But really it was just making me a weak person. All right. And I don't, I don't want anybody triggered about this because I know it's something I've talked about before on my Instagram story. This is probably a couple of years ago. And I remember I had a girl swipe up on my stuff and she said something along the lines of like, how could you be promoting a message to stop apologizing in the world when, you know, apologies are so necessary and there's so many um, like horrible things happening in the world and more people should be apologizing and apologies should be more prevalent than anything. Here's what I have to say on this. And then I'm going to move on because I actually don't care about this argument whatsoever. I've already processed this, like I said, but I just want to, I want to add the disclaimer so that any of you who might be in this mental turmoil right now can see this properly. I'm not talking about never apologizing again. I think apologies are absolutely necessary when you have done something wrong or when you have harmed someone either intentionally or unintentionally. Okay. If you know you're in the wrong, own up to it and apologize. That is an admirable trait. That is an appropriate use of an apology. I'm talking about the things that are not necessary. I'm talking about the apologies that just fly off of your tongue because you have some sort of absent-minded habit and people-pleasing tendencies. And that's why it's happening. Okay. I'm not talking about being disingenuous. I'm not talking about going out here and like raising havoc and saying, fuck the world. Sorry, not sorry. We don't give a shit. No. I'm just saying, hold your power and use this as an example, okay? (laughs) Moving on. So that is how you can change your reaction, all right? Now, one thing that I have really been working on, I came back to America eight months ago, craving stability and consistency and just, I wanted a sanctuary. I wanted repetition. I wanted stability. That's really the, the word. I want stability. And because of my habits and the way that I've been functioning and living for years at this point, I continued to travel. I continued to book one ways. I continued to bounce all over the United States over the last eight months. Okay. Oh my God. Honestly, it's been absolutely insane. And the only reason that I was doing that is not because I wanted to. I actually didn't want to be traveling anymore, but it was familiar. It was the conditioned habitual habit loop that I had. What I'm doing instead now is I'm just giving myself space. Okay. I'm basically, I'm, I'm really trying to slow myself down. I'm trying not to be so impulsive. So when I feel this impulsive urge to do something, instead of immediately going and doing it, I am 
thinking about how cool that would be to go do it and whether or not it's actually what I truly want. It might be what I want in the moment. It might be what I'm craving in the moment, but what do I actually want in one month from now, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, six years from now, things like that. And you are simply one tiny tweak of either the trigger or the reward or the reaction away from your change, away from your level up. So if you've been giving yourself the ick, if you know you're ready for change, don't hold out on yourself. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to just sulk further into that stagnancy or that reality that you're currently in. Now is the time to pick up and fucking go. Remember the slingshot. Remember the habit wheel. And go out there and start making the changes that you want to see in yourself and you want to see in your reality. Love you guys so much. I hope this is helpful. Have the best motherfucking day and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.